Hello, and welcome back to the Father-Daughter Book Club. I am one of your hosts, Chris, the father. And I am the other host, Kalia, the daughter. Today, we're going to finish our discussion of One Crazy Summer by Rita Williams Garcia. And we finished the book, and it's really good. So, I think you'll enjoy it. By the way, there will be spoilers. So, a couple of things before we begin our discussion. First, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play or Pocket Casts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a comment on our website if you want to tell us your thoughts on this book or anything. Thoughts yeah. on, the, on the podcast, go ahead and do that at fatherdaughterbookclub.com. And we will just be discussing the last portion of the book, but... Right, the second half of the book. So if you haven't read, or really, if you haven't finished reading the entire book, press pause. Finish reading. And, and then come, come back, back. Because there are definitely going to be spoilers. And yes. We don't want you mad at us for spoiling the book for you. We're, we will be very sorry if we still spoil the book for you. Okay, let's begin. All right. So, do you have anything that you would like to comment on the book, Dad? You know, I the book was... It took some turns that I wasn't expecting. How? I'll say that. Um, I didn't think that something as... Not tragic, but something as drastic as Cecile getting arrested would happen. Yeah. That came out of nowhere. That was a big surprise. That was crazy. And then... I was, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Why did she get... Con- what? What happened? What happened? Give us more information. Yeah, so let's let's rewind and set the stage here for for this event. One day, Delphine... I guess it was a weekend, right? Yeah. It was a weekend. It was a weekend. They weren't at the center. And Delphine concocts this plan to take the girls on an adventure. They came all the way to California. And she says, even though they can't go to Disneyland or go to the beach, they can still experience more than just, excuse me, Cecile's house, the center, and the little neighborhood that they were in. Yeah. So she plans an excursion. um, And And she loves that word. She thinks Merriam-Webster would be proud of her. Yes. So they they end up going on a day trip to San Francisco. They go around to Chinatown and Fisherman's Fisherman's Wharf. Wharf. They get to see the Golden Gate Bridge, which is one of the main things that most people recognize about California. The Golden Gate Bridge. In Disneyland and the Hollywood sign, which is in Southern California. And they didn't get to see the Hollywood sign, but they did get to ride a cable car. Which is pretty cool. And that was fun. They had a blast doing that. One interesting thing happened while they were on their day trip. You remember what Some happened? Some white people were staring at them, and then they took a picture of them. All right, so they're in Chinatown, you know, just taking in the sights. And they find this white family, obviously tourists. Yeah. Staring at them. And did they ask to take their picture, or did they just start taking pictures of them? They just took a picture of them. Yeah, and she's just like... And then Veneto was just as showy and crowy as she is. She starts posing like a Hollywood star. She likes the attention. So she poses, but and of course... Delphine doesn't. Delphine doesn't like it, and Fern kind of joins in with Veneta. But Fern Slightly. Is, yeah, Fern is not amused. Excuse me, not Fern. Delphine is not amused. No. I'm curious, what 
Has a stranger ever asked to take your picture? Or just started taking picture of you? I don't think so. I know, like, some... Yeah, I don't believe so. I don't think so. I think people, like, want to take pictures of me, but I say no. And then they say, okay. And then they go. Yeah. But one time, someone just randomly walked up to me and said, you... And I was crying. And someone said, you shouldn't be proud crying you're too pretty to cry or something like that yeah. and I went thank you but also who are you <laughs> so how do you think you would feel if strangers just started taking pictures of you I'd be like stop it I'm not on display yeah it kind of makes you feel like maybe you're an at animal a museum. In a zoo, or an exhibit at a yeah. museum an animal in a zoo like you're just there for their entertainment or their amusement when you're not, you're a human being. Yeah, you're, they're treating you, though, like less than a human. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what Delphine that's, was feeling. And also, I feel like one of the other reasons why was because they were a white family. So, like, it kind of makes sense because sometimes white families look down on black kids. So, I think that's what happened. You have to remember this is in 1968, and segregation was still a thing. Meh. Right? So, the interaction, you know, it's very likely that this this white family had never seen a bunch of pretty young black girls. True. Together. And so when they did, to them, it was such a monstrosity Not, I wouldn't say a monstrosity they were intrigued that's why they wanted to take pictures right if you see something you've never seen before and you're a tourist then you start taking pictures so who knows where this family was from um, we get the, the sense that they're not from the Bay Area yeah right and that they're tourists but who knows where they were from maybe where they're from there's not a lot of black people sure. we learned that even the sisters don't have a lot of experience interacting with white people no they don't. Right, but they didn't pull out their cameras and take, you know, I don't even know if they had a camera, but they, they didn't. didn't. They didn't. There's take... a chapter in this book that said, I wish we had a camera. There's a chapter about why, that. Why did they wish they had, why did she wish she had a camera? Um, Because there's just so many things that she's never seen before because she wanted to take a picture of hippies because she saw hippies, like, like flower girls with flowers in their hair. She wanted to take a picture of them. She wanted to take a picture of the people playing the guitar as a memory. So can you see how for Delphine, the things that she wanted to take pictures of were things that she had never seen before, even if those things were people. Yeah. Right? She's never seen a flower girl and, or come across um, a hippie, and so she wanted to take pictures of them. Hopefully she learned, though, that when you take pictures of people, it makes them feel like objects. Yeah. And when the White family wanted to take pictures of her and her sisters, that's how she felt. So it's it's just inappropriate to take pictures of people without just trying to have a conversation with them first, trying to get to know them. Well, she... Well, not really. Be a person she to talked, them. She did talk, kind of talk to them, because the, there's a person playing the guitar, and she kind of talked to them. And so did the flower girl with the flowers yeah. in her hair. There's a big difference between taking pictures of people and taking pictures with people. True. And hopefully 
Delphine learn that lesson when she wants to take pictures of people from different walks of life than her own that's fine but get to know them and then take the picture with them that way it's it, you make a connection as opposed to just looking at a person through the lens of your camera like their objects. objects the reason why we tell that story of the girls going to San Francisco and having their day adventure is because when they come back they find that Cecile has been arrested Cecile and two other Black, Black Panthers. Panthers. They really just wanted the Black Panthers, but they also took Cecile for some reason. Yeah, we learn later on that Cecile's kind of just a victim here. They weren't. She wasn't the target of the arrests. The other two Black Panthers were, and since she was in their company, they arrested her as well. Um, but this has a pretty huge effect on the remainder of the book. Yeah. She was gone for a week. A week. And she thought, and Delphine thought that sh- Cecile would come back after like a day or two or something. And then it ended up being a week and she didn't call Papa or Big Ma. And that's like, cause she didn't really want them to know, I guess, because she wanted to stay in Oakland for a little longer before she had to leave. At the, at the, onset of this event when Delphine witnesses her mother getting arrested she says that if the arrest had taken place in the beginning when they first arrived she would have called her her dad immediately and her dad would have came and got the girls and taken care of everything she decides not to because first of all she doesn't know how long Cecile will be gone what if it's only a day yeah so she doesn't want to have her father come all the way out there for that and i think the most important reason is she doesn't feel that she, she knows Cecile she's gotten what she, she came, came for. for she came all the way across the country to meet her mother that she hasn't seen in 7 years and she doesn't feel like She's had all of her questions answered. No. She doesn't feel like she's established enough of a connection with her mother. So she makes the decision to just stay in Oakland and not call her dad or her grandmother. And then that's when they end up staying with the woods. After they clean up Cecile's place after the police came in, um, Hirohito came in and said... I'm starving. Open the door. My mom says that we're going to take care of you because we know that your mom got arrested. It's a very interesting connection between the two because we also find out that Hirohito's dad was arrested. Yeah. And he's been in jail as essentially a political prisoner. What's that exactly? Well, a person that they arrest for making political statements. So that's a connection between them. A question that I have for you, though, mm-hmm. is why do you think Fern's, excuse me, Delphine's opinion has changed? Of who? Of Cecile, right? Where in the beginning of the book, she says that she would have immediately called her, her dad. At this juncture, she says, no, I'm not going to. Why do you think that's changed? What's happened to change her mind? Because at first she never even knew her mom. And she kind of felt, well, like, if my mom's not even going to be here to take care of me, then what's the point of being here? So I feel like since she's already been there, 
I kind of also feel because she wants to get to know her mother better. And so because of that, she doesn't call her parents or her father. Throughout most of this book, Cecile has had metaphorical walls up. You know what that means? Sort of. Not really, though. (laughs) When you have walls up, it means you're not letting people inside. You're not letting people get close to you. You're keeping everybody outside of your protective walls. Or bubble. I think Cecile has had these walls up for a large portion of her life. And as the girls get to know her, they I think they've started to break down those walls. I wanted to talk to you oh. about small wins. Okay. I think throughout this book, there are a number of small wins that the girls earn that lead to these walls of Cecile coming down. They're not completely down yet, but they've started to come down. The first, right. you know, one of the first wins was Delphine getting into the kitchen oh. and then shortly after that Cecile lets Delphine work with her yeah right she lets her use the printing equipment mm-hmm. which she ends up messing up a little because she, mess- she messes up but at least she was willing to let Delphine try I feel it's because she's closest to Delphine Delphine being the oldest, they've definitely established more of a relationship, more of a connection than the other girls. Yeah. Another small win for the girls was when they asked Cecile for a TV. They get her a radio. She gets. They don't get a TV, but Cecile does find them a radio mm-hmm. to use. We talked about the kitchen already, and Cecile winds up giving Delphine a stool. Yeah. During the first couple of weeks, they... Uh, Cecile, excuse me, Delphine had to stand up the entire time and she had mentioned that the her feet would hurt and stuff, yeah, but a little she, bit. she just endured it. Because she knew better than to ask. Right, and eventually Cecile on her own gets a stool for her and doesn't even say anything, just puts the stool in the kitchen and, and I feel that's like it. Because she has the most connection with Delphine because she kind of had to take care, like, because she, she told Delphine her story. And she had to um, take care of her little, of her cousins. And, like, Delphine does. Um, she lost her mother. And, like, she kind, Delphine kind of lost her mother. Like, they're the same age. They wind up having a lot more in common than we realize at first. Yeah. Right, so all of these little wall, uh, little things, are signs that the walls are coming down. So by the time Cecile gets arrested, Delphine knows that if she calls her dad, she's gonna have to leave, and yeah. she's not ready to leave yet because she's seen the, the walls coming down, and all of these things over the course of the book have put her in the position where now she doesn't want to leave; she wants to stay. What happens at the center that's important? Oh, the rally. The rally, but in the lead up to the rally, there's also the uh, she, making the flyers and um, going around. She, yeah. So Delphine brings some of Cecile's posters to the camp. So, ju- so just before they go on their excursion, 
they learn that the center plans to have the kids perform at a rally. They want to do a play, and then they say, if you guys have any other talents you want to share at during the rally, you're welcome to. And show it. And Delphine recognizes immediately that this could be a dangerous place because we've already learned that little Bobby um, was killed. Mm-hmm. We know that... He was like 19 when he died. We know that um, Mr. Woods was arrested. Yes. And all of these things signal danger to Delphine. So when Sister Mukumbu asks the kids what they want to do at the rally, Delphine says, no, we can't go. We can't go. And she says, this is, you know, uh, anything could happen, right? Yeah. I don't want, she doesn't want to be around if anything bad happens because protests and rallies sometimes end that way yeah they can i have never experienced that so delphine says that they can't go to the rally but then they end up going but because of the things that happened with her mother she ends up her mother getting arrested um her mother actually has a poem that well her mother even before she gets arrested she says that delphine and the girls must continue going to the center. Mm-hmm. Even though Delphine had said, we're not coming back, we're not going to the rally. But Cecile kind of throws a wrench in those plans and says, you have to go back. Why? Well, because we've learned Cecile is a private person and she just doesn't want them around the house. True. So they have to return to the center. Yes. And after their mother's imprisonment, they really have no choice but to attend the rally. True. They have nowhere else to stay. Yeah. And in, so in preparation for the rally, they have to go around and ask local business owners permission to hang posters up about the rally so that yes. people will come. And I think um, Delphine learns something very important during that what? activity. Well, when she goes to Safeway, and Safeway is a place that she's been many times. It's where she shops for groceries for cooking their dinner. She asks the manager there to hang the poster, and the manager says, I'm sorry, we can't. It's against policy or something, store policy. The manager's polite to her and respectful, but when she leaves there, she says that she'll never shop there again because the manager and the Safeway store didn't support their cause. And so she doesn't want to spend another dime with them. She'd rather spend money at the places that allowed them to hang the poster, such as Lady Ming's. Yeah. So I think that whole activity, there's another moment later on in the book where Delphine behaves a certain way and says, oh, that's the Black the Black Panther side of me is coming out now. She really, in spite of herself, has started to pick up on the cause. Mm-hmm. Um, she started to... She didn't believe, even realize it. Yeah, and she started to believe in some of the things the Black Panthers are saying. And she's discovering that side of herself, the activist side of herself. Yes. I think that was pretty important. Go get him, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our discussion of One Crazy Summer will continue in just a moment. Just a reminder to subscribe to Father Daughter Book Club via iTunes, Google Play, or Pocket Cast. And you can also leave us a comment by going to fatherdaughterbookclub.com.
Luckily for the girls, Cecile is released from jail the day of the rally. Yes. And she heard their recital. Kind of. They recited one of her poems. So during the rally, they had the opportunity to perform. They were initially going to sing a song. Yes. Dry your eyes, I believe. But Vanetta, while they were cleaning up, because the cops left a mess when they came and arrested Cecile. So while they're cleaning up, Vanetta finds a poem that she thinks would be good for reciting. She thinks the poem represents them. Yes. And so they decide to recite that poem. And Cecile is lucky enough to witness the recite, uh, recital? Witness the, the performance. Yes. We'll say the performance. And she gives Vanetta a compliment, actually. She yeah. gives her she gives a compliment. Both, she gives both Vanetta and Fern a compliment. But because, not Delphine. But not Delphine, not directly. I think this is another moment of the girls connecting with their mother. Yes. Because now Fern is in, kind of inheriting Cecile's poet, poetic side, kind of. And so now, like, she feels closer to Fern. And then Vanetta, she led the poem, kind of, because she sprinkled black into the poem and Cecile didn't mind because she... right she changed the the name of the poem from the birth of a nation to I birthed a nation I birthed a nation to I birthed a black, a black nation. nation Vedetta did that on her own yes and Cecile didn't mind after they get back from the rally Cecile has some kind of harsh words for Delphine, Delphine. what do you remember what they were not exactly but I know that like I was gone for seven days. Why didn't you call your father? Yeah, those were the those were them exactly. Really? Pretty oh, much. cool. Yeah, she <laughs> she gets on Delphine's case because they didn't call her father, and says, "Look, your dad could have handled. I I was relying on you to do the responsible thing and call your father in this situation." Yeah. And because Delphine didn't do that, she was. She gets very kind mad. of upset, and how does? Delphine react. I'm just 11 years old and I have so much responsibilities already. Why do I have to do everything? Because I'm the, I'm the oldest. I understand that, but I have so much responsibility. It's kind of hard. Yeah, she says she's 11 and she's doing the best she can given the circumstances. And that, I think more specifically, she says, I didn't up and leave. Which is directed... At Cecile, because guess what Cecile did? She up and left. Yeah. Uh, But this is the moment where we finally hear Cecile's story about how um, her mom died when she was 11. The same age that Delphine was when Cecile left them. No, she was four. Oh, you're right. Delphine was four, but the same age that Delphine is now. Yeah, because then she would be 18, Delphine. (laughs) Right, right. My fault there. Um... She go, went to go live with her aunt, but her aunt kicked her out of the house when she was 16. And that yeah. forced her to live, live on, on the, the streets. streets. And that was because she got a husband. Her aunt got a husband. Her aunt was getting married and felt that it was inappropriate for there to be a 16-year-old girl around the house Why? with her new husband. Well, I, I mean, especially at this time, but a 16-year-old girl is practically a woman. And so I guess her aunt was threatened and didn't want another woman in the house. Just, True. Despite the fact that she was family. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, after living on the streets for a while, she comes across Lewis, who takes her in, and that you know they have their and their little how, family. That's how she um, got poetry into her life because she would hide in the library, but they would always find her and kick her out. Right, while she was living on the streets, the library is one of her sanctuaries, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of similar to Veneta because, not Veneta, Delphine, because Delphine loves reading. She yeah. likes books. And I see, now I see lots of similarities between Cecile and all of them. Delphine, Veneta, and Fern. I see every, I see lots of connections from Cecile. Yeah. That's what happens when you're when you're <laughs> when you mother these children, even though she wasn't around to raise them, they still took on some of her traits because genes are strong. Yes. So she still has that connection with her kids. There's there's always going to be um connections. Connectivity there. Well after hearing all of this about Cecile, Cecile. does it change how you feel about her? I used to think that she was unmotherly. I used to think that she wasn't, like, you don't just leave your kids over a name. That's how, what I thought. That's what I thought she left. But after hearing your story, I realized that it was much deeper than that. And she felt like she kind of wasn't fit to be their mother. I kind of feel. And she said that she could have taken Delphine with her but she didn't because she didn't have a penny with her to do that and I feel like it's very motherly in a kind of way because if you know that you can't care for your kids that well you might as well just leave because if you can't care for your kids then why stay that's an interesting rhetorical question I think you've asked there but I'm going to answer it as if it weren't rhetorical. What do you mean? It's, how is it rhetorical? So a rhetorical question is a question that you ask that you don't expect to be answered. Or a question oh, that I didn't know that. can be kind of left open-ended. Hearing Cecile's story, I think, is important for Delphine. Because it will give her some context. But I don't think the story excuses Cecile at all for what she's done. No. She's had a hard life. Yes. But life can be that way sometimes. And if you have children, you have a responsibility to those children. This is my opinion. So she was very young when Delphine was born. I think we learned that she was only 17 or so when Delphine was born. And quite frankly, most 17-year-olds aren't ready to be parents yet. Then why did she have them? That's the question. Sometimes it happens... And you're not planning it. You're not expecting it. And it happens so fast sometimes that you wind up in situations like this where Delphine, excuse me, where Cecile winds up leaving her kids. But that just because you weren't ready. Doesn't mean that you should leave. Doesn't mean you should leave. You have to assume the responsibility. That's the importance, I think, of what Delphine says when she says I didn't up and leave she's assumed the responsibility even though she's even younger than Cecile was she's only 11 yet she's assumed a motherly role for her sisters 
Cecile was 17 when Delphine was born. And by the time Fern was born, four years later... She was 21. She was 21 and decided that she didn't want to be a mother. And so she left. Now... But you don't just have kids and then leave them. I... I don't think you should. Even now, if you don't think you're ready, you should still stay. Sometimes kids... Sometimes parents, I should say, feel that their kids will be better off without them. Why? Well, if you're not equipped to take care of your kids, then it's better off that the kids are with someone who is equipped to take care of them. And that's why kids get put up for adoption all the time. And I think there is definitely some truth to that. And there are certain situations where you can't always expect parents to take on the response, the full responsibility, so it's better to find someone who can. Yeah, but your kids will wonder what happened. Eventually, and... I think the parent has to come back. come back. And that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing them make a connection. We're, we're even given a little hint that Cecile and Delphine write letters to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think Cecile is slowly coming into her own. At this point, she's she would be 28. Yeah. And maybe she's more ready to be a parent than she was. But we don't know how long she lived on the street, so she could be a little older. I expected her to be a little, a little over 30. She's still very young. Yeah. Um, but like I said, hearing her story... For me, while it made me understand her a little bit better, it puts her, her life into context. For me, it, it didn't make me feel sorry for her. Why? Well, I mean, I feel sorry for the kids because they had to grow up without their mother. Sometimes life Does forces that. you to grow up faster than you're That's... ready for. Having kids is one of those things. If you have a kid before you're ready... You have to grow up fast so that you can be a parent. And in this case, Cecile wasn't able to grow up fast enough and thus became an absentee mother. But also, um, I one of the reasons why is because Delph was because Cecile and Big Ma weren't able to get along together. They didn't just because they didn't get along, um, that didn't I don't think that had an impact on Cecile leaving or staying because the grandmother didn't even live in the city with them she lived in alabama sure so she was gone like they only went to go see her during holidays and during the summer it wasn't until after cecile left that big ma came and moved in with them sure what if anything did you learn from this book i learned that you should just let kids be kids because well i also learned a lot of historical events because i had never heard of the Black Panthers. Well, I probably did, just not a lot. I learned about the Black Panthers. I learned about the rally and how things can change you for the better. And I learned that even if your mother does leave or something, you still have a connection with them and that you that she doesn't have to be completely gone in your life. You can still keep her in your life based on the connections that you have with her. So if you got to learn a little more about your mother, then I understand it. And also, um, like Delphine, 
when she rubbed her mother's head when she when Fern was born. I kind of see a connection in me a little bit because I remember one time my mom was crying and I put her head on my lap and I started stroking her hair. <laughs> yeah, kids have a really keen sense of when their parents need comforting. You've experienced that personally yourself and we saw in the book Delphine have a moment like that. Yes. Alright, so what did you dislike about the book? I didn't really like... This is at the very beginning of the book. I didn't like that Cecile smoked in the car. Mm-hmm. Because that can danger your kids. Yeah, the attitude around smoking was a little different in 1968 than it is now. True, but still, don't smoke in the car. Don't smoke at all, but... When kids are present, don't smoke. Yeah. Okay, anything else? Um... I also kind of disliked Crazy Kelvin, although he did play a big part in their role because she, well not really, but like he did play a part in their lives. I didn't exactly like the way because he kind of was telling them how to live their life a little. Kelvin is an interesting character. He presents a very abrasive front like aggressive well aggressive abrasive i don't exactly know what abrasive means like rough oh yeah um he says outwardly that he doesn't like the cops he calls them racist pigs and tries to get everyone else to call them racist pigs he's very opinionated he tries to get the girls to call themselves black even though they want to call themselves colored but in the end we learn that despite this bravado, all this talk about racist pigs, that he's actually pretty friendly with the cops. Because Fern catches him getting patted on the back by a police officer. Yes. And that's why she says, I saw something. Yeah, so I think Kelvin is one of the many ways this book tries to tell you that you can't always judge people by the cover or judge groups or people by their cover. We talked in the last episode about how the Black Panthers are really different than the way Delphine expected them to be. Yes. Because she's heard one thing about them and was shown certain things about them in the media. But then when she actually got to know them, different than what she expected. And then with Kelvin, he presents himself one way, but in reality, he he's really not that way. Again, this book tries to show you that things aren't always what they seem, And that you kind of have to dig a little deeper to really understand people. Fully. Yep. Um, What did you like about the book? I liked a lot of things about the book. Um, One thing that I especially liked, though, was that all of the sisters eventually came back together. Yeah, they had a a moment there where they were mad with each other. But I think over time, they kind of forgave each other and... But what happened to his patty cake? That was the whole reason why they kind of separated. What happened? Well, Delphine tried to clean her up, but she wasn't able to clean Miss Patty Cake off from the black magic marker. Yeah. So she just kind of puts her away and... But does Fern completely forget about Miss Patty Cake? I doubt it. Like... But 
you know, Miss Patty Cake's gone now. And so she has to adjust to life without her. Um, that that yeah. was an interesting moment in the in the book where Delphine, she says that she doesn't want Fern to forget something she loves so much so quickly. But also, she doesn't really understand Fern. She says that she can understand Vanetta more clearly than she can Fern. Like, Fern is kind of mysterious and like she can't really read her as well as she can Vanetta. Yeah, Vanetta is very outward with you know what she's think thinking, what she's feeling, but Fern is a little bit more reserved. Same with Delphine. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that's one of the reasons why they connected a little more than Vanetta and Delphine because Delphine and Vanetta are kind of polar opposites. Like, one is very showy and crowy and wants to make friends. The other tries to keep to herself and doesn't really like to be showy. And, like, she doesn't like a lot of attention. All right, so one of the things that I liked about this book was that they weren't afraid to show their the main character, Delphine, make mistakes. True. And How? That, well, she, she made a mistake by not calling her dad after Cecile yeah. was arrested. She starts the book off very serious, very motherly, protective of her sisters. Basically, a, a little woman in the, an 11-year-old body. Yeah. But by the end of the book... She becomes a little more childish. She starts to be, in, in Cecile's words, a little bit more selfish. Yeah. Well, she demands... Well, not really demands, but there are situations where she says, in the past, I would have stopped this from happening. I would have stopped my sister from doing something, um, but she decides not to. And then she allows herself to behave like a kid a little bit when she goes for a ride on Hiro, Hirohito's Hirohito. go-kart. Go-kart. Yeah. Allows herself to have a little bit of fun. Um, but I think that that's very good because... I wouldn't want to always be so serious and like that all the time because I just want to have time and be a kid and have fun sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's why I said that's one of the things that's one of the things I like about this book. Where in the beginning of the book we talked about how a lot of these characters, these main characters in books that we're reading wind up being so mature for their age. Well, this book wasn't afraid to allow the main character to make mistakes, to be more of a child by the end of the book. And I like that. Uh, one of the things I didn't like about the book was the subtle hints of romance between <laughs> Delphine and Hirohito. <laughs> I, didn't, I figured. I didn't think it was necessary to include that in the story. But they also kind of like gave... Because they gave sudden subtle hints... But it wasn't, like, that big. No, they didn't hold hands or go out on a date or no. even kiss or anything. But All they said was that, like, so, it's okay if I like Delphine. That's it. But in this book that deals with matter. such heavy themes around race and growing up in 1968 and <laughs> being abandoned as a child and what it feels like to grow up without a mother and all of these heavy themes I thought it was kind of a I don't know just like a 
a little easy way out to throw in romance, right? We see that a lot of stories. Um, they throw in romance, a love story somewhere in the book. Um, despite no. all this, a lot of books do. I mean, but maybe not. Not, maybe not, not in a, Counting by Sevens. Not in a lot of kids' books. True. Right? Especially when you're dealing with kids like 11, 12 years old. But you'll find, I think you've already started reading some books that have like, uh, young, that are more young adult. Yes. As opposed to this one, which is more preteen. Um, and then you'll find that in a lot of those young adult books, they throw in a romance. Yes, they do. In a lot of the books that I read, they throw in romance, even one though the romance doesn't really have anything to do with the, the story. Main thing, well, actually, in some of the books that I've read, that's like the main reason why this like big adventure happened is because of love. Right. So that's and in those situations, it's fine when the romance is a plot driver. It's the you know it's a reason for the story existing, it's fine to include it. But in this book, romance shouldn't really be there, in my opinion. There's a romance, I think the romance that I would have liked to see them focus on a little bit more is the romance between Delphine and Cecile. True. Um, they obviously spent a lot of time on it, but... Because they didn't... We could They don't really talk more. about Hirohito, and I feel like he's kind of just like a left-alone character. So, like, I kind of feel like... Like, yeah, he's a he's pretty undeveloped. Yeah. And, you know, Delphine winds up having a crush on him at the end of the book. And so does he. And so does he. And, you know, it's it doesn't hurt the book that much to do it. But to me, it, it just wasn't necessary. And that's one of the like few things I didn't like about the One of the book. reasons why was because Hirohito wasn't very, wasn't like very pronounced. Just that like... Yeah, I wish they would have spent more time with him. Yeah. Like you said, you found um, a connection with Delphine, especially because she's 11 years old. Um, with Hirohito, I was hoping that they would go more into his character because I felt a little bit of a connection with him because he's half black and half Japanese, and I'm half black and half Chinese. And so am I. Well, you're not quite half, right? You're a, you're a quarter. Quarter, I guess. Quarter Chinese and three quarters black. So yeah, but... Because they have a character in the book who's half Asian and half black like we are, I wanted them to go more into his character. And if they had, and then had some sort of, you know, this romance. A little. With like sp yeah, something sparking. Something sparking between the, you know, their, these two characters, then it wouldn't have felt like they were just putting it in there just uh, as kind of an afterthought. Um, I would have felt better about it if they would have gone more into depth with Hirohito, especially since he was a character I would have liked to know more about. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of, like, like, these characters are kind of interesting because, like, they don't really go much detail into, like, Eunice and Janice and Beatrice because they kind of just, like, thrown in that Fern and Janice were friends. Yeah, so much so that this is the first time we're even mentioning their names. Beatrice, like, I didn't, like, Janus, like, that was the reason why they were separated. And then Beatrice, we didn't even know them. And then Eunice, they kind of put her in the book a little, but not that much. But fortunately, at the end of the story, we got our happy ending. Yeah. I think the, the cutest thing at the end of the book was when... They helped her! Yeah, they're about to board the airport airplane back to Brooklyn and was it Vanetta or Fern? Fern. Fern 
jumps out of line and runs to their mom and gives her a hug and the other girls follow her and they all jump on Cecile and give her a hug. That was a very sweet moment. Because, like, you're not just about to leave your mother without giving her a hug. Yeah, I mean, they arrived and they weren't greeted with a hug, but enough has happened over the the four weeks. I think it's about a month that they're there. 28 days. And enough happens in that month to where when they're leaving, they they don't want to leave without hugging her. Yeah. And I think that's a very, like I said, it's a very Sweet. sweet moment. A good way to end the book. A good way to end our discussion. Yeah. But we've enjoyed reading Two One books. Crazy Summer. Yeah. And we look forward to the next one. Yes. So, again, if you want to leave us a comment, please do. You can do so at fatherdaughterbookclub.com. And you can you, subscribe. Via iTunes, Google Play, or Pocket Casts. Can you subscribe on this on our website? You though? can subscribe on our website if you just happen to have another podcast application or you know you just want to listen via our website you can yeah so let us know get in touch with us and we'll try and be posting every week so thank you bye bye